Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hello, and welcome back to Raising Joy. How are you, Kristen? How's it going? I am glad it's Friday. Yes. It felt like a long week. You know, but it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. All is good. It is gorgeous outside. Okay, and then I do have to ask you, where'd you get your shoes? Those, <laughs> seriously, those are some, those are killer boots. I mean, with the gold. I mean, what is that? What, where'd you get those? The Tory Burch store. Okay. okay. All right. Gotcha. Loving that. Yes. Loving that. But, and they're comfy, which okay. is like that balance between style and comfort is very delicate. It's, it's important, especially in mental health. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, look good, feel good. So yeah, that's it. It that's all goes it. together. Speaking of mental health, you know, we want to talk a little bit about how big of a concern is mental health for children and parents in North Texas, because it really is a big deal. And we've all heard the stories of, you know, kids going through a lot of stuff, especially because of COVID. We've all been talking about that. But one of the things that you really need to understand in mental health is is data. You know, we can anecdotally talk about what we know in terms of how kids are faring uh, with their mental health, but you really kind of need to see um, the numbers um, and how that works and how, you know, what we can really do based on data, how we can actually help parents deal with that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I saw that in my own practice. Um, as a psychiatrist, I felt things getting more and more acute, like as COVID went on. But I really feel like whenever we did the joy campaign with our media relations team, you guys helped us quantify bad. Mm -hmm. Like we, I knew that things had gone from bad to worse, but having numbers to that mm -hmm. really helps. It just helps me quantify bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. mental health resources, there's always a lack of them, but knowing how big of a lack, I think is really, it, it's, it's really important because you, you can't know what you need until you can, because it's not just so one thing. You quantify it. You need right. more. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. So that kind of gets us into today's discussion. And a lot of people probably don't realize that Cook Children's has what we call the Center for Children's Health up under our umbrella. And they work to address key issues, key health issues uh, for children in our area. And they collect data about things like asthma, abuse, childhood obesity, and mental health. So today we have Blair Williams and Becky Hale from the Center for Children's Health to talk to us about the work they do and what their research has found. Welcome to Raising Joy. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Yeah. So, Becky, uh, Blair, tell us a little bit about what you do, because we were just talking about how important it is, the numbers, the data, information. Tell us a little bit of what you do and how you determine uh, what the main health issues are for kids. 
Absolutely. Well, we work on the child health evaluation team in the Center for Children's Health. So one way we support our promise to improve the health of every child um, is by conducting a community health needs assessment every three years. So we collect data from community members across eight counties through various methods. And this time around, we collected a lot of data. Um, I would say the key element within our most recent assessment is our parent survey. So we send a survey to over 25,000 households, so beyond just Cook Children's patients, um, focusing on parents and caregivers of children newborn to 17. Mm -hmm. And the survey asked questions about how um, different health topics affect their children, um, how easy or difficult it is to access services and community resources. Um, And it's important for us, I think, to hear the parents' perspective on their child's health. Um, We also intentionally collected surveys from families experiencing homelessness Mm. and families with an undocumented um, member. So following the parent survey, we then conducted um, focus groups and interviews with parents to dig a little bit deeper into the why, um, especially around those more complex topics, such as the impact of COVID-19, barriers to access to care, and um, challenges around mental health. So it sounds like you're getting a lot of rich data because are people hesitant to tell you things or do they are they pretty open, particularly if you're talking about focus groups? Um, Yes. And, you know, this time around, um, we conducted these uh, virtually through Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at first we were a little bit um, hesitant and just weren't sure if families might um, open up in that space. Um, But but honestly, they were really happy to share. And I don't know if it was because it was during the pandemic, but it was almost like... um, they were happy to just sort of get it off unburden. their chest. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. and so that was really interesting. We also um, interviewed community leaders and surveyed community leaders and experienced the same thing where um, Blair uh, conducted interviews with them and um, they were just needed someone to almost vent to or just kind of share everything they had been experiencing working with families and children, um, you know, over the last year around mental health. Mm. Absolutely. Well, let's talk specifically um, about mental health. Like what is your um, what is your research shown about the kiddos in North Texas? So from our research and like Becky mentioned, um, we did a survey of parents of children zero to 17 across our eight county service area. Um, and when I say parents, that's all different types of caregivers. So that's parents, grandparents, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, um, anybody that is caring for a child. Um, When we did this survey of caregivers, um, we found that the most common types of mental health diagnosis that we see in our children um, are anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD, and behavioral and conduct problems. Mm. Those are the most diagnosed. Now, access to care, of course, impacts that. So there are many children who may not have access to a pediatrician or a doctor's office to receive that diagnosis. Um, So again, those are our four most common Now, if we take a look at those four most common, we um, can look at that by school-age children, right? So kids age 6 to 17, these are school-age kids. Um, One in three school-age children has at least one of those conditions that I just mentioned. So we're talking about a third of our children in our eight-county service area. And there's over 1.2 million children in our total service area. So that just really speaks to the concern Um, And again, these are children who are diagnosed with a mental health condition. So if a child doesn't have health insurance or if they're underinsured 
or they live in an area where they don't have access to mental health providers, then that certainly limits their, not only their diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but their treatment if they are diagnosed. Mm -hmm. How does that compare to the other surveys that we've done in the past? Does that say to us that COVID was the culprit or has it always been like that? Yes, that's a very good question. So um, of course that was top of mind for us when we looked at the survey. Um, What's really great about our caregiver survey is we have some questions that align with a national survey of children's health. So we're able to see how our data compares at a national and state level. And what we saw is the rates of anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, and ADD are much higher in our area compared to national and state levels. Get out. Why? I wonder. That was before (laughs) and during. Really? Yes. So... Then if you have a higher level before the pandemic, right, and then you have the pandemic that adds to it, then that, of course, increases that concern around mental health. And and like Becky mentioned, um, of course, when we interviewed community leaders and we spoke to parents, again, that that sense of mental health is a huge concern for us. We're seeing it. We're living it every day. That was, you know, um, really complementary to what we saw on that caregiver survey. Any understanding as to why it's so high? That's a really great question too. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, so, I, I know um, you have a crystal ball and you yes, can tell us. Let no. me let me consult <laughs> my crystal ball um, and I'll get right back to you on that. But no, um, really there's multiple factors. It's not one, you know, um thing that you can pinpoint. So there's the COVID pandemic that's exacerbated a lot of mental health concerns. Um when children were at home. Um, and they couldn't go out and socialize. That's another concern. We also saw from our data that children with these mental health diagnoses um, had increased um, screen time. So they were all um, much more excessive screen time compared to everybody else um, that hadn't had that diagnosis. Um, and then the other concern um, is where children live, learn, and play can mm-hmm. have a large role mm-hmm. on not only their health, but their mental health. So if children are living in poverty, um, if children are experiencing any um, trauma in the home, um, any witnessing of any kind of traumatic events, then that certainly plays a role. Um, So thinking of what we heard from leaders on um, the survey was that if parents are stressed or concerned, um, they're not able to cope with their own stress. That could also be a stressor for a lot of children. And in some cases they felt like a burden um, to their parents. So, and I also know that um, sadly kiddos with ADHD are more likely to be physically abused. And so whenever you were saying that, you know, I I was just thinking it's kind of a perfect recipe when we are saying, you know, a third of kiddos either have anxiety, depression or ADHD, then you have stressed caregivers because of the pandemic, because they've lost a job, because they're having to work more, can't make ends meet, and they're having to educate their child, it could be a perfect recipe for Mm -hmm. something like that to happen. And we also have Mm -hmm. another metric um, that we look at on our caregiver survey. And it's a question where we ask parents how well they're coping with the daily demands of parenting. Um, And this is a question that we always love to look at because um, we ask it every three years that we do this survey. And we also compare it to the national and state level. At the national, state, and local level, that rate of parent coping very well has decreased. Mm. So this was before the pandemic, but we have seen a gradual decrease in that. So parents, especially of teenagers, when we look at our age groups of our our children that are included in this survey, we see that children um, that are 12 to 17 have parents that are less likely to be coping very well. We see more mental health needs in that 12 to 17 Mm -hmm. age group. Um, we see more screen time use in that 12 to 17. Mm -hmm. 
And then that opens the door to just not only excessive screen time and sedentary behaviors, but then a whole realm of internet safety concerns, which is also a trouble and pain point for some parents. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking about obesity and one thing. Yes. And, and, yes. and then what it happens out with obesity. And now we're yeah. looking at other kind of health issues with that. And, and, and to that point, um, when we look at this mental health diagnosis data point, um, we also see that children that have that mental health diagnosis, one of those four that I mentioned earlier, they're less likely to eat fruits and vegetables. They're less likely to get their daily physical activity, which is the recommendation is that they get at least one hour every day, but mm -hmm. they're less likely to get that, more likely to get screen time that far exceeds what they should get. Um, and so you just think about overall health and the impact that has, and the parents trying to do the best, but they've got their stress, you know, child stress, it all adds up. It's just so interconnected. Absolutely. You know, all of these health topics touch on one another, um, which is just so interesting. Yes. Yeah. And earlier in the podcast, we had talked about um, the ACE study and those first childhood experiences and how you know, living in a house where um, a kiddo is physically abused or there's substance abuse going on could or sexual abuse could go on to lead to increased risk of cancer and heart disease. But I think you guys really highlighted and found in your research how like what that connection is, which is, you know, if I am sexually abused, I'm going to have a hard time concentrating in school. Everything is going to be more difficult because I'm processing that. And then I'm going to have less attainment, more stress. I'm more sedentary. I'm just going to scroll on my phone. It's going to make everything worse. I don't know. These, these things kind of snowball, I think. Yeah, they do. This is, this is awful. But, okay, so now you have all of this. <laughs> You've got all this data, rich data. You've got all of this information. You know what the parents are doing. You know how they're coping or not coping. You understand what's happening to the kids. Um, it must be overwhelming to th even think about what are the solutions. It is. It is overwhelming. She took a deep breath. Yeah. Let me pull out the um, other crystal ball to solve all that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. it, it must feel like boiling the ocean. I mean, how do you and where do you even start to unravel all of that? It must be a, a daunting task. Um, it is. But at the same time, you know, we love what we do in the Center for Children's Health. And we're just so grateful for the opportunity to do it. And I think we've been working to address mental health for quite a few years. Um, and we have we have several different uh, collaborations and interventions that we do. We lead an ACEs task force in Tarrant County. Um, we lead the Wellness Alliance for Total Children's Health, which is co a coalition in Denton County that focuses on increasing awareness of and access to mental health services. Um, we have a child art expression initiative where um, school-aged children create pieces of art um, kind of sharing about their feelings and emotions um, we provide social emotional emotional wellness videos through a free online platform to schools and families um, we provide professional development opportunities for mental health professionals um, we collaborate with a lot of other um, mental health uh, groups in Tarrant County like the mental health connection um, and really across our eight county uh, service areas so we supported the Cook Children's Joy campaign, um, providing those resources. <laughs> thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's yeah. a lot of great opportunities out there. And you're right. It can't just be one organization. It has to be all of us just working together because it is um, it can get overwhelming if you if you think about it too much. So it's just taking it one day at a time. And we always say in the Center for Children's Health, if we can just help one child, mm -hmm. one family, it mm -hmm. is worth it. And that's why we do what we do. I'm so glad to hear about the 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 connections and the partnerships mm -hmm. because I know Cook Children's very well. I've been here for 15 years and and there's that, you know, that 
thought that we've got to take this on. We've got to, mm-hmm. it's on our shoulders. It's the data we got. We've got to figure out how to solve it. And I'm glad we're not doing it on our own because mm-hmm. that would stress us out. <laughs> so to, you know, to have other uh, community members, to have other partners involved in this kind of spreads the wealth. And it really makes me feel better <laughs> that you guys are not trying to shoulder this by yourselves. Absolutely. I, but I agree with you. This is a all hands on deck mm-hmm. kind of a situation. We need all of the help we can get in mental health, um, you know, just to help kids um, and help hopefully prevent like really severe um, and really negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. How long have we been doing the survey? I know it's been it's been a while. I mean, yeah, we conducted the first formal assessment in 2009. So. That was a long I, and I remember it was a big mm-hmm. deal. I do. remember Absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. It's deal. a huge investment by Cook Children's and um, it's a wonderful resource. It provides that local data, mm-hmm. yes. um, which is so nice and key, so I think, important. to figuring out what is really happening here in our in our own community. And the data is not data that you keep. By yourselves. I mean, you get to share that data, don't you, with others? We do. Yeah. Do you want to talk about our, our dashboard a little bit, Blair, sure. and how we share the results? So, um, like Becky said, that this this data is it's local level. So we can get that data down to the county level. And that really helps each county recognize the needs in their community because they may be different and then come up with strategies. Um, so we also get an opportunity to share all that data at a regional level and at a local level. And then our most recent offering is we now have a data dashboard. So anybody um, can go onto our website and play with that data and look at it by county, look at it by age, look at it by income, all these different factors. So it really opens that that data up so that others can use it. Uh, because again, local level data that's as closest to real time is a luxury that many others mm-hmm. um, don't offer. Right. So if you're not, if you're in another nonprofit or if you're in a foundation or something and you really want to make a difference, but you're not sure if you're doing the right thing or we're targeting the right audience, you can utilize that that dashboard and try to pinpoint what it is that you need to do uh, to help this situation best you can. Absolutely. Well, why why do you guys think your work is so important? <laughs> uh, that's another great question. You guys have great questions today. Um, We're so smart. <laughs> it's like you do this. Um, so to, to answer your question, um, mental health itself, of course, is very important because it's it's key to that child's overall health and well-being. And not only that, but their, their academic success, so how well they learn. And that sets them up for success when they become adults and parents in the future. Um, the other piece is that we recognize the role social determinants of health mm. play in mental health. So that's where a child lives, learns, plays. So um, a household's income, um, if they're in an area where they don't have access to health care or any kinds of treatment, um, if a family is struggling with basic needs like food or, or safe housing, um, or if they don't have housing because um, the COVID pandemic has been disruptive to some families and some are homeless or living in cars. Um, all of those factors play a role in not only a child's mental health, but their overall health. Mm-hmm. And so that is such um, a huge community need that we can't just tackle that alone. And that's why that community collaboration piece is so, so important. That's why we love doing the CHNA, bringing this data to our community partners, having that dashboard available, um, because that data is key to helping every child in our eight county mm-hmm. service area. Yeah. We do this every three years. Um the, the numbers that you were discussing earlier were pretty high uh, with those four um, uh, categories th- three years ago. 
looking forward, there's not a whole lot of thought that we are probably going to move the needle a whole lot. Because I would imagine that this is going to be something we're going to be contending with for a long, long time to come. So, so you're not necessarily thinking, oh, three years from now, this is going to be good. We'll, we'll have it all under control. It's going to be great. This will be great. Yeah, these, um, you know, these issues are complex and they're just, mm-hmm. they're, there's so much intersectionality between them. I don't, we don't necessarily think that, you know, it'll magically all go away in three years. And, and that's not really the point of the assessment either. It's, it's to take a look, you know, there's a lot of change happening in our area. We have families moving every day to this, um, you know, our service area and our counties around uh, Cook Children's and um, there's, families um, having babies every day too. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be that new group of parents or just parents that we need to, you know, get that message out um, and provide that education and that support um, that they need. And I think the, what the, the great thing is about this assessment is it, it just helps us know, are we still on the right track? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, are we still um, helping um, the families where they need help the most. And that's why I love this work too, because I feel like it gives a voice to parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just us assuming, oh, I think this program is going to be great. This is what they want. When we're not, maybe for sure, mm-hmm. we need to provide that opportunity to hear from parents and have them tell us, this is what we need. This is what we're struggling with. And this is what we need to help our child have better health and uh, better health and well-being. So it makes sense because then you're able to develop the right initiatives correct, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and really target and bullseye what it is that these kids and their parents need. Yeah. Are we focusing on the right age groups? Are we looking at the right county or the right zip code? Are we doing you know the right initiative in the right area? I mean, there's so many things we can learn each time we do this assessment um, to help us know, you know, are we, are we on, are we on the right track? If parents want to learn more about the CHAP survey or the Center for Children's Health, where do they go? Well, I think the best place for them to go would be our Center for Children's Health website, which is centerforchildrenshealth.org. Um, And on the website, we offer um, a lot of information about the different health topics and programs that we focus on in the center. If they want to know more about the survey, they can find a link to the dashboard there that talks about the results um, and just some other uh, presentations and videos that we've done um, about the assessment to just learn a little bit more for those who are curious. That's good. Yes. And thank you both for sharing your time and your expertise with us today. Um, And we're just so grateful to have both of you. And I'm going to follow up and check out the dashboard and just see, (laughs) you know, look at mental health. And because, again, quantifying, we know the resources are limited, but having those that data helps so much. Mm -hmm. You know, and to be thankful to the parents and the community leaders that participated in the survey. Um, We know that parents are busy Mm -hmm. and times are hard. But um, and we always get surveys, right? We always do. But it's so important to hear from parents in a diverse community of parents um, so that we can identify those needs and act on them. So thank you to all the parents who did complete the survey, who will complete future surveys um, and all the leaders and partners that have participated in our needs assessment. And how important it is that they share yes. and mm-hmm. not be afraid to share. But mm-hmm. they really are assisting in great work if they do share with us in the survey. So Absolutely. thank you both for sharing with us and thank coming you. on. Thank you for having and, us. And To our listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of Raising Joy. Please rate, review, and subscribe and follow the Joy Campaign on CheckupNewsroom.com. Until next time, have have a a joyful joyful day. day.